Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsperts. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always is Mr. Andy Molitor, and boy, oh boy, I hope you caught the deep dive last night. We got Justin Fields' first touchdown score on the pregame, and whatever unders you guys gave out, they all hit. Team total unders, second half unders, third quarter unders. What a wonderful game that was. Yeah, I pissed away part of my second half under, played a little Green Bay second half. They didn't score in the second half. Uh, they did kick a field goal late. I, I take that back. But no, uh, the under, Drew, I was nervous for the under 20. I should have trusted it. Primetime unders are a thing, which makes me nervous because I have a primetime over tonight. But uh, yeah, what are you going to do? It was a fun weekend. The uh, highs, uh, the highest of highs, the lowest of lows, the highs of the comeback in uh, Dolphin Land. I got to listen to Baltimore, but that was something, oh, that was especially awesome. since uh, like maybe three times a year, I actually like give out a money line. Like I'm playing this money line as well. I think this team wins. It is rare. You guys are not money line I, guys. I don't, I don't do well, it. Normally if I'm, have. yeah, if I'm betting a money line, it's because the team is like plus one and a half. And I'm like, I'm not going to take the points here. I'm going to sell down to the money line. We actually did that last night. With uh, the Atlanta Falcons, as poor as they are uh, roster-wise and as bad as this team probably can be in best-case scenario. Again, they lost another game. Going to get their quarterback. I'm excited for this team's rebuild. I I don't hate the new front office. Uh, I wasn't ever a Dimitrov guy, but that's like a nice segue into tennis. Dimitrov sounds like a tennis player. Spelled a little different than the one we know on the ATP, but yeah, the Falcons. Uh, we bet the we bet the Falcons straight up. Essentially, the the money lines aren't up right away on a Sunday night anywhere. But Bookmaker has the thing where you can expand it, and the Falcons were plus two and a half, I believe. So it had you know plus two, half. plus one and a half, and it didn't go all the way down to pick, but it went to plus half. So this is the only time maybe Ooh, I know we get the tie history. The tie. Yes, I'm protected against the tie. It is similar to a soccer line where I have taken the plus one half line on the Falcons. So honestly, the, the most hilarious outcome for me ever will be that game tying since I tried to bet the money line, couldn't do it. So now I'm kind of cheering for a tie. I may even bet a tie prop. If you can get like, I don't know, 60 to one on something like that, better probably needs to be bigger than that. I just always, I'm always such a cynic about what the books will give you on stuff like that. Cause the actual odds of a tie are probably I don't know. You get a couple a year, maybe 120, 140 to one. Uh, maybe I should get an 80. I'll look for an 80. If she ain't 80, she ain't a lady. And uh, with that, let's move on to the ladies who are out east. And when I say out east, I do not refer to the, the Charlestons or the Washingtons of the world. Far east, as they once said, Tokyo and Seoul, just a couple of Olympic host cities now hosting WTA events. And honestly, there's some decent names at both of these. It's We're back. Uh, the Asian swing, Andy. It's We haven't had it in a long time. Um, generally, this time of the season, there would be a bunch of tur- tournaments in China. Um, WTA Tokyo is actually a pretty big event, um, especially you know given Naomi Osaka, which, it's, which she's been able to do now. You know, we don't have a full um, Asian swing because we're still not playing tennis in China because I still don't think we found Peng Shui, but um, hold on to that for another day. If you don't know what that is, go ahead and look up where is Peng Shui and um, you'll have yourself quite a little rabbit hole to go down in the internet this afternoon. But 
Uh, we'll start at Tokyo where, as I look at this, I tweeted out last night, I did get one outright pick in. I have no idea what's going to happen in these tournaments. It's a weird travel spot. It is a strange time of year. But like you said, there are some big names here. Obviously, Osaka goes to play uh, in her home tournament. And then one of the big names and much better player here. I'm just going to fade Carolina Pushkova, Andy. Um, for some reason, she is minus 2,000 in a small tournament that, you know, it's a 500, so the points are there, but really looks to me like coming in, getting a paycheck, and maybe heading out. Now, she has done well in this tournament in the past, but that was several years ago. Um, I think it's been about three, four years since we've had this tournament in Tokyo, again, outside of the Olympics. And Shinakova here, again, probably loses this match 6-1, 6-2 or something outrageously quick, but came through qualifying, has two wins under her belt, acclimated to the conditions here, and in a WTA two-set match, I'm really not sure it should be 10-1 to one on the money line here. So going to play a little bit on the money line, a little bit on the first set money line at plus 550, and a little bit at plus one and a half sets at plus 300. Basically, the way these matches usually go, Andy, is we'll see Shinnikova, a big underdog like this, take the first set while Pushkin is still sort of getting her legs underneath her, and then the favorite comes through in the last two sets comfortably. So if we get the first set, we cash those last two, and we've got quite a fun lottery tick in our pocket at 10 to 1. So give me Shinnikova. Again, um, just largely a numbers play, and it's tough evaluating prices kind of this far out on the edges, right? I mean, it's hard to tell you that a 10 to 1 underdog should only be like a 4 to 1 or 5 to 1 underdog. It's just hard to make those splits. But again, I have this closer to 4 or 5 to 1 than I do 10 to 1 before I start, you know, adjusting basically for all the other little things I talked about. So, Shinnikova, money line, first set money line at plus one and a half sets. Again, don't bet the game spread. Don't bet anything on this match that has any juice on it. Let's get pick some big numbers because this either goes very well or terribly. Um, then we'll go a little bit, I guess, northwest. South Korea would be above and a little to the left on my mental map there. Seoul, uh, Jeannie Bouchard. This is the one outright I did bet. Didn't put it up here on the screen, but if you're listening, look around. Jeannie Bouchard's like 18 to 1 to win this tournament. And she's an underdog in round one for some reason to uh, – Tatana Maria. Maria, a very clever player and will honestly throw a lot of junk at Bouchard, which can be tough. Um, Maria knows how to really slice, um, play some interesting volleys and things like that. But Bouchard overall, the much better player. I'm not too worried about her fitness as she was, has some tennis under her belt. Um, was in Chennai last week, so it shouldn't be too Good. tough of a travel spot in terms of time zone. I think it's at least only an hour or so adjustment for her. Again, I'm not too worried about this at all. I have her slightly favored in this match. A plus 130 looks great. And then Kassin Seva, uh, a player coming on here at the end of the year, goes up against one of the most profitable fade bets you could make all year. Chloe Paquet is having just about as bad of a tennis season as anybody. Got smacked around by Kamal Tandy last week in Chennai as a big underdog. And for some reason here is a favor to a young woman that's playing better tennis, has better numbers, and is actually winning matches here. Um, I have cast and save a pretty solid favorite here, minus 125, minus 130. So plus anything looks great. Um, so a big underdog and a couple little underdogs, um, all happening probably while you're asleep. That is the other nice part about this. And I looked, I, it was further than I thought. There's a three and a half hour time difference between Seoul and Chennai. I don't know why we bet in Chennai. But yeah, okay, also yeah. India India has a half hour, so that's off. That's why I believe it's like India and North North Korea has their own time zone too, regardless. But yes, Bouchard, she looked good in Chennai. She has had a few days rest, and you're right about Maria. She's a junk baller. 
Like that just she's gonna return a lot of stuff and lets you F it up. And I think Jeannie played well enough to get past her. I think uh I think I'm on it. I'm gonna play that eighteen to one. Uh the you know, the future bet. Hope for the best. I haven't even looked at the men's draws for this week yet. We'll I did see, by the way. If you're still lucky enough to have a Canby account, Jeannie, 28 to 1 there. What? God, I was going to do the same game parlay tonight, too. Maybe I'm going to wait to give everybody the afternoon, then I'll go over and, and push the number down to 20 or something with $3 at a time. Yeah. Just go to, go to the kiosk and just feed it 20s. So uh, we'll look forward to that overnight. But tonight we have two games. The NFL is doing an NFL Monday Night Football double header in week two. Now we've had these in week one. I don't fully understand. It has something to do with the TV contracts, but we are going to have two games. Uh, anyone who enjoys the deep dive halftimes, especially, I think we're three out of four on halftime bet winners so far with a, a couple of years. We had the third quarter over. Nothing like the first two drives ending in touchdowns for that. Um, and then the second half under, I believe there's only six points scored in the second half last night. The full game under stayed under somehow. Uh, but tonight we will only be doing the late game. Uh, it's my kid's birthday still. This birthday is drug on for like five fucking days. But <laughs> I have some birthday dinners to attend and things to do. And like I said, also, I found a place across town that has batting cages. Mm. Gotta fix it. It's like a looping, you know, the how the kids do that looping swing where it drops because they're dropping their back shoulder. Oh, yeah. You're that's just going to hit under. You're going to go underneath the ball every time. Just pop it up. Over find over a plane. Again. And you can't fix that without live pitching. So I am I brought uh, $100 in quarters with me to work today. I'm going to the, taking her to the batting cages until she cries for her birthday. <laughs> so happy so I birthday. Wanna, I did want to press you on this a little bit. You guys talked about it on, I think, the deep dive before the week started even a little bit last night these prime time unders is it just a joke now or is this like a full-on theory because I get, the way drew was talking about it is it's like he's just gonna blindly bet prime time unders for the rest of your rest of the year it sounds like it, it it's a thing early on and sometimes it has to do with especially you end up with it on thursdays a lot i feel like because they put these some of these goofy early season matchups on thursday games but i, I don't know like it's still just a median number and it's a coin toss and you're going to end up, you know, tossing a bunch of tails to start with last night was a good one for, you know, a couple teams who offenses hadn't looked good so far. I think we'll probably see points tonight, but I'm not so sure we'll see it from the Titans. I actually laid the 10 with the bills. If you want to say home fields worth about 1.8, two points, something like that. Uh, I don't, I can't get to a spot where I have the bills. 60 minutes of football, only eight points better on a neutral. The Titans are going to be missing some secondary pieces. Their defense was supposed to be a strength, and now they've suffered injuries, including one for the entire season. They lost a pass rusher in the preseason. This defense is a shell of what it could have been. And the Bills are not a team who takes their foot off the gas pedal. So I know some people are trying to maybe buy down do the Bills first half. I don't mind that either. The Bills have been a strong first half team. They start strong, but I'm just laying the 10 points here. So I, I don't like the late sense. favorites that big, but I don't I don't see them. This game could absolutely stay under and the Bills still cover. This feels like a kind of a schwapping, a schlopping, a, a shellacking. I'm just making up words. Molly whopping. Um, a molly whopping. Yeah, that's a good one too. But you know, you know, 31 10. 
kind of thing where it's uh, you know several touchdown lead for most of it. I believe in the Bills. I believe in Josh Allen. I want him to make his push tonight for uh, MVP as I have some MVP bets on him. And then the Vikings-Eagles game, yeah, this total has come down a little. Uh, it's still at a, it's still 49 where it matters, honestly. So Pinnacle is still a 49. I believe Bookmaker, which I'm pulling up, still is a 49. It's dropped a little at some other shops. Yeah, it's 49 flat at Bookmaker. I bet it at 49. I put 50 here just because that's what it was early this morning, but I would still take an over 49 here. The primetime under is a thing, I guess, but the Minnesota defense is not good. And the, the highlight of that defense has been maybe a little bit of the pass rushers. I think the Eagles have the offensive line to counteract that. And I mean, just Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, A.J. Brown. Like the, there's too many playmakers, and then we've seen both of these offense perform at a nice level in week one. The Vikings didn't have to do that much because they had, they had a nice lead. But I, I definitely think we see some points here. So over, chalk, chalk for Andy. The favorite and an over. Real, uh, real cute. After God, I, I, I to feel me. like it deserved I deserved better last night. We're old dandy. Bears plus 10 was about an inch, and maybe not even an inch. I should go metric for that. Maybe a centimeter away from getting there. <sighs> but I like getting rich after the game, but you know it's even more fun. <laughs> getting rich early in the game. And we've had good luck. We hit a couple already. Noops, you've been firing and I will say I have I've made first touchdown scorer bets already for this week today, but I have not bet any of these as singles yet. Mm. I just did the parlays. I haven't I haven't gone and shopped around and found the best price for any of these, but how many how, 10 first touchdown scorer bets today because we have two games? Let's fire away. Two games. Six run, in run the first, four in the second, and, and that's right, folks, because they're both different games. If you wanted to, you could put together the 24 parlays and we both may have may or may not have already done that and probably even have a graphic to show you how that would look. But let's start with Bills, Titans, um, you know, a game where one of the things I talk quite a bit about is it's hard to, to find yourself betting a lot of players on the favorites, especially in a game where someone's a 10-point favorite. The numbers here, you know, the way I think they derive these lines, a lot of it is leaning on the fact that, you know, the Bills or any particular team one night might be a big favorite because – you look at the top of the market. I told you last week that Josh Allen was the only chance we'd probably get to bet him at double digits all year. He is five to one, six to one, some places here. So the correction has been made. But you look, it's all bills here at the top of the board. Allen's five to one, Singletary seven, Diggs seven, Gabriel Davis ten, Dawson Knox for Christ's sake is, is only eight to one, and then you've got Derrick Henry up there. So as you start to look down the board, some really nice numbers here on some Titans, but one or two. Bills, and we'll start with them, actually stuck out. Zach Moss um, had the third most rushes, second most rushes of any running back last week for the Bills, and was quiet, maybe not so quietly, second in targets. Six targets for six catches. The Bills are using him quite a bit, and just based on that usage and what they did even last year using him in the red zone, I have this number much lower than what you're looking at here um, 18 to one. I have that closer probably to 12 or so. Um, you could probably even make a case as low as 10. Uh, it should be pretty much the same as Singletary, the way they're using both of those guys. And then another wide receiver here on the Buffalo Bills, Jamison Crowder. Now he did only get four targets last week, but that's just one less than Gabe Davis. Um, you know, puts him in really good contention here. Um, think that just, he's, Historically, he's been very good near the goal line. Um, somebody that, given his position, is always able to find room down there at the end zone. And again, based on 
the amount of time the Bills not only last year, uh, but so far this year has thrown to their third wide receiver, especially around the red zone. Just a really nice number there. And Crowder at 25 would play that at 20 or better. And then we go to the Titans again. They're underdogs. So we're going to get some really nice numbers on some Titans receivers. The top two receivers and targets for the Titans last week, Traylon Burks and uh, whoever the heck this Kyle Phillips guy is. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I'm not really sure who this is, but got a ton, a ton of looks last week. Both of them at 30 to one. Really good bets. Um, next up, the quarterback. You know, again, would love to bet Josh Allen, but we're not doing it five to six to one. Tannehill, 30 to one. Tannehill runs in a touchdown or two just about every single year. I think people forget how athletic he is and that he wasn't actually a quarterback when he came into the league. He was a skill position player coming in from college that, um, or I'm sorry, I think he became a quarterback in college. But either way, very athletic guy, runs it in. And Jeff Swain scored one, at least one first touchdown score for his last year at a big number. We're going to keep betting him again. The Titans love to throw to tight ends, and Swain is always there. So that's what we've got for Bills Titans there. Again, six looks. Um, what do you think? Any any thoughts? Anybody I might have missed? No, I love Swain. And th- that's the thing, too, about some of these. They're, the, the thing about, like, vacated targets is they always go, nature abhors a vacuum. So he was like, oh, Tennessee doesn't have any receivers. Like, yeah, the teams don't just say, ah, oh, we don't have any receivers, so we're going to stop throwing the ball. We're just going to run away. Going. Like, they're still <laughs> going to throw the ball. So they're going to throw it to some names. And, like, that's the thing. Those guys are getting targets because someone has to. So you're going to get some some of these teams that have you know, moved on from star players. You're going to get some weird names in here, but those guys score touchdowns. So, or, you know, at least they're getting the targets. So if they're in the red zone, there's a decent chance one of them is going to get a look. So I love that. All right, we'll jump to the Eagles-Viking games. Just four names here. A little different dynamic. The line's pretty close, but very top-heavy teams in terms of guys who generally score the first touchdown. You know, Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson up there, one-two. Makes a ton of sense. We do have a Justin Jefferson revenge game, though, so maybe play him for fun if that's kind of what your deal is. A.J. Brown at the top of the board, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders, Jalen Hurts, again, all single-digit numbers. Uh, But as you go a little further down the board, uh, let me talk to you about Kenneth Gainwell. Um, someone who just gets the ball a ton from this Eagles team. Um, second most rushes of any running back last week um, was tied for second in terms of targets in the field. They love to use him in gadget plays, especially near the end zone, 18 to one. I love getting a running back again that looks kind of on paper like he's the second, maybe even third string running back, but really is pretty much even with Sanders in terms of opportunities he's going to get. And then we'll give you both of the Vikings tight ends here. Irv Johnson, somebody generally gets a lot of red zone targets. Um, really didn't do a lot last week. So um, I think maybe that's part of the reason we're getting a little bit of better number on him. Only saw two targets, didn't catch any of them. But the other tight end, Johnny Munt, three targets, three catches last week. And we know that Minnesota loves to use two tight end sets, um, really, especially towards the end zone. And again, probably Justin Jefferson scores if the Vikings get the first touchdown, maybe Dalvin Cook. But both of these guys are going to get some opportunities. And so will the quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Um, didn't rush for one last year, but has two at least two rushing touchdowns in the last three or four seasons beforehand is someone that is not afraid to roll out is not someone who's afraid to try to run the ball in. And the Vikings don't mind running a quarterback sneak on fourth and one here. So 60 to one, absolutely huge number. I think there's even a hundred to one out there. Um, so go ahead and grab all of them. And I, I agree, Patrick, it's good that you're in here. Hopefully you remember to do this and uh, hopefully madman Munt gets it done for us. I'd like that. Johnny Munt, Johnny, isn't that a sublime song? Remember that Johnny Munt was a man with a real strong. 
the Mike. Will to of, survive. Uh, it's not Johnny Munt, I know. I was thinking of the John Goodman character from uh, Johnny Martin Butt, Spain. the child of Johnny Butt. And then, what if, what if your book and every book should let you parlay everything? Because for the most part, it's not a good idea. But if there's two games on the same day, wouldn't it be fun to get one of these six men up top and really sweat it? Wouldn't it be fun to say, I have Kirk Cousins to score the first touchdown at 2,000 to 1? Jesus Christ. So that's what you look at. at. Any of those, even if it's Moss. I have Kirk Cousins score the first touchdown at 950 to 1. <laughs> that's, uh, getting down to the goal line, you need Delvin Cook to bring a shoelace. It would be just lovely. Like, just, just let him run with it. I've seen the yeah, best that's... one too, where he he had his oppressor. And he's wearing like a goddamn Oxford. He looks like a dork. And someone says, someone tweeted, "I bet this guy has so much Coles cash." <laughs> just, just the perfect tweet. But yes, uh, ex- explain your little chart. So we've got six names across the top. You might remember those are all the first touchdown scores from the Bills and Titans. Tried to change the colors there. Unfortunately, they both have the same freaking team colors. So um, your Bills there in light blue, your Titans in dark blue. And then on the left there, um, the four names from the Eagles and Vikings game. And basically what you have in the middle there, um, this is just one book I looked at. I started at Bovada because they have, honestly, the best interface of any book online. It's unbelievable. Everyone should just copy their stinking software, but they don't. So went in there, and if you do it correctly, you can click six names, click one of the four names on the left, and let you do the two-team parlays or whatever. But put them all together. Here are your odds to one. Like Andy said, if you decide to parlay Zach Moss and Kenneth Gainwell together, we've got a 305-to-1 ticket here. Um it's just really what it comes down to. Again, we're parlaying in this case, I believe this was like 18 to one with 18 to one or something goofy like that. And if things get really weird, Andy, and it's Jeff Swain that gets the first touchdown and Kirk Cousins, I'll have placed a $5 bet to win $10,000. And we will take tomorrow off because we're taking it to the casino. I see actually oh, the pays out pretty fast. They really do. The problem is I can have that money. Though. I can have that money out pretty quick. Might be worth about um, nine grand by the time it gets to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see how Bitcoin's going. But uh <laughs> not great. It's been it's been a rough a week. Bit of fun. It's been a rough week for the uh for it the rallied last player. week too. I was starting to get optimistic. Honestly, it's, just, it's, again. it's one of those things where it's it'll come and it'll go. So I uh I'm it's Monday for me too. I didn't even write the right name of the sponsor in the promo thing. It is not no home advantage, it's no house advantage. But how do you make a house a home, Alex, with family? And I consider you guys family. So do me a favor and please support our sponsors. No house advantage. You can play in pickup contests to win up to 250K or more in cash or play against the house. 20, 20X your entry, player props. You're basically just putting together some player props. I know some of you are awful smart. You can you can understand how these work. You can go find player props that are getting steamed up in the market, and you can take this app and probably put together a very plus EV parlay, essentially. If there's a prop that is getting a ton of steam in the real market, you go do it on uh, No House Advantage, and you can essentially get it at a much lower price in a parlay. So check it out. Download the app. Use promo code BETSPERTS, $25 deposit match bonus. If you have any questions, hit me on the Twitter. And with that, catch you tomorrow for some more brown bagging.